What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? It's time for another episode of Behind the Gorilla. We uh, missed last week, but um, we're back. We're back. We're back, Harris. I- I'm I'm kind of impressed we only missed one week because we've been, I think, the pinnacle of consistency over the last what eight eight nine months. We've been pretty 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 consistent yeah. at being inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, hey, it is what it is. I knew too because I. I flaked last week not to go skiing or snowboarding or anything cool, but just because I I had a lot of work and I was like, you know, I, I'd rather watch something else. So I was just lazy and quit. And of course, this week was way worse, like in terms of <laughs> workload and stuff and like time right. spent at the office. Because, you know, the closer we get, I mean, for the next month and a half, the, the worse it's going to get. But I was like, well, I bailed last week. Can't bail this week. We'll make it happen. And we did. Because we care for you people. Or, yeah. you know, we have, uh, I don't know, pride or something. It's probably not that one. It's probably just, you know. We love our listener listeners, however many it is. Don't tell we, me. We love, we, lo- we love our listener. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we appreciate the handful yeah. of you guys that do actually listen to the show. We, we, we appreciate it, of course. All right. All right. We can get into the topic. As as Harris has done such a great job, you know, preparing. So, it's Harris, a, the floor it, is yours. It really, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so this, to the surprise of no one, really ballooned on me. I, I had a whole plan to cover the career, the, the WWE run of this one particular wrestler, and I just kept finding not even, like, crazy things that happened, but just moments that I was like, no, that needs to be talked about. So it, it ballooned on me a little bit. I'll try to keep it tight. And this might, I might venture back to this wrestler at some point because I didn't cover as much as I thought I was going to cover. But let's get right down to it. Now, Mark, I, I will, I will confess something to you. There is going to be a little bit of overlap here in this story with a wrestler that we've already covered on this show. Well, that happens a lot, um, Harris. <clears throat> right, 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 right. But I mean, like half of the same storyline. Oh, okay. So. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of overlap. I focused very much on one superstar, and this was a topic that you did. You you spoke a lot about the other superstar involved in this angle. Uh, I didn't go back and re-listen to the episode to like know if I'm doubling up on anything. Well, so of course, you've never listened to a single episode. This. I don't. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't listen to myself talk for a living like you do. So I hate my voice, and I don't like. <laughs> I don't go back. But so here's the thing, like I can barely do work listening to podcasts as it is right now. I certainly couldn't do it. Listen to myself wax poetic about something stupid from three years ago. (laughs) So if I double up on anything, this is just my disclaimer. Like, let me know and I'll it it won't be for the whole episode. Oh, yeah. Real quick. Sorry, I forgot about this, Harris. We just passed our three year like anniversary of the show like last week. Yeah. Yeah. 
that hit. Heck like, yeah. I, I don't remember what – we have two different ones because there's like the Twitter one of when the Twitter account started, <laughs> right. which is like the first week of February or, February or something like that. And then like February 15th or something like that is one of those days was the first podcast that we came out. So we just passed that like 10 nice. days ago or something. So woo. Nice. All right. So we're going to go back. This is a WWE story. Is a very Vince McMahon-centric story. We're going to go all the way back to the raging, ruthless aggression era in the yes. summer of 2003. So this is primo, like, SmackDown 6, really, really, i got to be honest, great television. Just some of the other stuff that's going on at this time, I, I wanted to stop and watch, and I couldn't for the sake of time. But I still argue the best, the best era of WWE, in my opinion. Just my opinion. I genuinely, I don't think I'll have, I don't think I'll have time until the summer. But I want to sit down and just like watch every week of SmackDown from like 2002 to 2004. So good. It was. It seemed really good, dude. I it was, was super into it. It was but, all. It was all the workers. So, it was all the workers all in SmackDown. So good match after good match. Oh well, that's not. That is not what we will be discussing today. We're going to be discussing not, the Harris. Side if we were, I would be very disappointed. We're like, oh, and now oh. we're going to talk about this great match between Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. It's like, no. Would no, be no, really no. Harris, what is wrong with you? This is good. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> You're ruining right. the show. So... No, no worries. So we're a few days away from Judgment Day 2003. Brock Lesnar is champion, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Mr. McMahon, and he's got a problem, Mark. He's got a problem. With one of the greatest Mexican wrestlers to ever put on a mask. I'm talking, of course, Mr. America. Mr. America. <laughs> Called it. The red, white, and blue. He's got he's got Hulk Hogan's theme music. He's got Hulk Hogan's moveset. He's got Hulk Hogan's leg drop, yeah. mustache. Yeah. But he's not Hulk Hogan. No. Right? It's a very important distinction. No. We, we talked about this a lot in our previous episode that you did. All about Mr. America. We're not focusing on Mr. America today, but he, he will inevitably be a part of this story. So Vince McMahon comes out. He's got a problem. He talks about how he is sure that Hulk Hogan and Mr. America are the same person. Gosh. And this is neither here nor there, but you, you probably talked about this when you did the research. It's very funny that Vince's big problem with Mr. America is that he has laid off Hulk Hogan. Like he's paying him to stay home and sit out his contract. Right. And now – he believes that Hulk Hogan as Mr. America is continuing to wrestle and get paid to wrestle and he's double dipping, which <laughs> just leads me to wonder how does like payroll work in the WWE? Like, didn't he have to fill out a form to wrestle? They've got to give him, we talked about, yeah, but it's not Hulk ago. Hogan to... Harris. Right. But so like, what is Mr. America's social security number? Like he had to put something down. He's getting he's getting a 1099 from this company. Dude, his, his social security number is 1776. That I you know what? That's exactly what it is. And that's probably <laughs> it's oh, it's it's July 4th, 1776. That's what it is. Oh, four or oh, seven, oh, four, 19 or uh, mm -hmm. 1776. That's that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Wow, I'm really glad I brought that up because that's not even the point of the episode. But that's 
Oh, that's an excellent answer. So anyway, <laughs> you know, Mr. McMahon opens the show by putting out a bouncy on anyone who can unmask Mr. America and prove that he is really Hulk Hogan. Mr. America has an appearance on Piper's Pit to come out and defend himself. And Rowdy Roddy Piper is refreshingly pretty open about the fact that, like, hey, this guy's obviously Hulk Hogan and I hate him and I'm going to unmask him and collect that bounty. Like he doesn't even play it coy, which is a nice change of pace. Cause I was like, Oh no, he's going to do this thing where he jumps him. Oh, Oh no. He's just being honest about it. Okay, cool. So, you know, he, he brought Roddy Piper is petitioning to be in this match at judgment day. He wants to have this match with Mr. America. He wants to beat Hulk Hogan yep. and prove that he's Mr. America, whatever. So Mr. America makes his way down to the ring He's got a blue mask with a star on it. Kind of looks like a Captain America helmet, actually, which might have been intentional. He's got a big old American flag. He's waving it around. The crowd's shockingly into it. Of course. It's a fun angle, but, you know, I'm just kind of surprised at how heavy they were popping. I guess this was prime SmackDown. Also, and, the you know, crowds, he gets crowds down. popped way more than they do now. Like, again, we've talked about that with WCW. In, mm. in the year 2000, when WCW was, uh, was you know... For, for us, brilliant, but for most people, terrible. The crowd is popping for every one right. of their dumbest angles. The crowd's loud. For these random mid-card matches between nobodies, the crowd's still loud. So, it was, it was just different. Yeah. So, he, he makes his way on down to the ring, and in a very, you know, classic, whitey babyface, John Cena-esque move, he finds a kid sitting in the front row. Guy looks like a young teenager and says, "Hey, do you want it? Do you want it?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And he gives him the American flag, and the kid yeah. Says, yeah. And he starts waving the flag, and you're like, "This is absurd," but like, "All right, I'm into it." You know, whatever. Mister America makes his way into the ring. He cuts a very Hulk Hogan sounding promo on Rowdy Roddy Piper. Again, I'm fast forwarding a lot of this stuff. It's very good, but we covered it pretty thoroughly in our last episode. And here's how stupid I am, Mark. I started watching this segment like knowing who and what I was looking for. And I still was kind of taken aback by this because at some point, you know, Mr. America is giving this rowdy rah, rah, rah America promo. And Roddy Piper is like, hey, you better shut up. You better tell that kid to stop waving the flag. And Hulk Hogan's like that. Let me tell you something, sister. Like, I guess that's how he would cut promos because he's not Hulk Hogan, right? Right. That, that kid right there has the right to wave the flag as much as he wants. And it cuts back to the kid. And the kid's like, yeah, let's wave the flag. Yeah. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That's okay. I see where we're going with this now. Not when he gave the kid the flag, but yeah. when he addressed the kid three different times in his promo, a part of my brain went, now hold on a second. I don't think that's just a fan at ringside. <laughs> I think that might. <laughs> wow. Again, I'm, 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 I'm a mark sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Harris, you so have been watching wrestling for less than 10 yeah. years. So we'll we'll get to this in a sec. Yeah, no, let's yeah, let's go ahead and get that out on the table. Obviously, I have not been watching wrestling for that long. This is one of those things that like I brought up to my friend when I was just getting into wrestling. And he said, yeah, no, they've they've actually done that, which is, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if they had a fan come into the ring and like start wrestling? And it turns out it's actually a wrestler. And my friend was like, yeah, that's what 
like Santino was. That's how they got him out there. He They've pretended done to be a fan. A you know, he was a player. <laughs> right. Yeah, they do that quite a lot. And that's exactly what we have here. See, inevitably, Roddy Piper and his associate, Sean O'Hare, who I don't believe ever went on to do anything unless he did it under another name. I didn't recognize yeah, him. Yeah, he, uh, he, he didn't do much. Yeah. Again, I can see why, but we don't want to focus on Mr. America too much here. They jump Mr. America. They're beating him up. Roddy Piper goes for the mask and gets cracked on the back with the American flag. That's yes. right. This humble fan who was just sitting in the front row minding his own business has jumped the ring, attacked Roddy Piper, and then just gets – to be fair, they sell it very well – gets absolutely annihilated by Sean O'Hare. Like, eats this crazy spear, flies across the ring, bonks his head on one of the chairs <laughs> that they were using as the Piper's Pit set. And then, so from this point, I was like, right, okay, this is what they're doing. I went into this segment knowing this is what was going to happen, and it took me a second to be like, oh, that's who we're talking about. But, yeah, it's, it's neither here nor there. Taz, <laughs> this is really well done. Taz on commentary sells it like pure death. Like he and Michael Cole both sell it like this is a really like, whoa, this is hang on. This is scary. This is a serious situation. This kid's hurt. This is why you don't like step in the ring with WWE superstars because he's clearly, you know, just one bump from O'Hare and he's he's badly, badly injured. Right. And O'Hare goes to finish the ground and pounds. You know, Taz is horrified. Obviously, Michael Cole is horrified. They're selling it really well. And Roddy Piper goes, no, 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 no. He's mine. Let me get him. And he walks over to him and Taz is like, oh, no, come on, get security out here. But not in like an over the top, like, whoa, what are we like in a really serious? Hey, somebody's going to actually get really hurt. Like, let's get back to the show kind of tone. Right. And Roddy Piper grabs his leg to drag him back into the middle of the ring and, you know, proceed to pound on him a little bit more. And he pulls off the boy's entire leg. From the hip to the ankle. We're talking, of course, today about Zach Gowan, the one-legged wrestler. Wee! <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just going to say, so it would have been a much more effective thing if his leg flew off when he got speared by Sean O'Hare. Just saying. I, I can kind of see that. I, I can see that. But I think at that point, they're trying to sell you on the horror of like, oh, whoa, a fan has rushed the ring. This is serious. And even though you know, like... Even I, as a dumb wrestling fan in many ways, know that like it, it's like a streaker at a at a sporting event, right? If right. they put him on TV, it's because he's meant to be on TV. Because yep. in real life, if a person hops the barricade, they immediately cut to a close-up, whoever's standing in the ring, yep. as they look a little annoyed yep. and the crowd starts to boo because security is kicking the crap out of that person just <laughs> off screen because they right. don't want to put you on TV because that encourages stuff like this, right? Right. So the fact that this guy has not only made it to the ring, which you cannot do in real life, eh, but has hey, Every now and then you can make it to the ring. I It's it's rare, though. It is. Right? It's rare, it's but, but it, as, it happens. Right. It's not as easy as he has made it look. He's assaulted an employee with the flag. You're like, okay, this is clearly meant to be real or meant to be part of the storyline, but they're selling it like it's real, right? Like I said, Taz yeah. is very disturbed. He's upset. They, they want to just get him out of there and keep going with the show, whatever. And it's not until Roddy Piper pulls his leg off that you realize you are in for something completely different and completely <laughs> unexpected. And it could, it could have so easily been played for comedy, 
but it's kind of not like they, they don't do this thing that you might expect them to do where it's like a three stooges skit or a, you know, or, or something where Roddy Piper thinks he's actually like killed this boy. Right. They don't do that. You see Sean O'Hare. He's not, mic- he's not mic'd up, but you see him mouth clear as day. He goes, he ripped his leg off. <laughs> and Roddy Piper, God bless him, is standing in the middle of the ring with a full wooden prosthetic leg, like hip to ankle. And he's not horrified. He's not like, oh, no, I killed him because he's Roddy Piper. He's a serious character. He's got this look on his face, Mark, that just screams like, oh, this is not a good look. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to have to apologize to somebody for this. <laughs> like if he had jumped an able-bodied kid who got in the ring and beat him up, he's within his rights to do that. Nobody cares. But now he's like, oh, no. Oh, I'm going to have to like go to a training for this. Oh, God. <laughs> so he, he's not he's not horrified like he killed this kid, but he just kind of is like, yeah, I, I think we're done. He kind of puts the leg down. And just walks off. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, there's no, there's no coming back from this. I just assaulted a handicapped kid. I, I think we better go." <laughs> so that's how the segment ends, <laughs> with everyone being like kind of mortified, but also it's very, very funny. We, you know, we come back from the break. We see that Mister America helped this young fan up the ramp. He didn't put his leg back on, which I feel like he should have. It was left in the yeah. middle of the ring, but you know, whatever. And Mister McMahon is furious right because this is terrible publicity that that's a lawsuit like this is not a good look for my multi-million dollar company that you beat up a handicapped kid that's pretty horrible and then and this is where the, the story mark is very much a vince mcmahon story he's like hey that was a really terrible thing you did roddy piper and that's exactly why i need you to be the one to fight mr america (laughs) and unmask him Yay. So number, you know, number one, we already have a few discrepancies here, right? Because in real life, again, don't try this at home, kids. If you hop the barricade, you will get beaten up and you will probably get sued and banned from WWE events for life. Like that's what's going to happen. But listen, maybe if you have one leg and you just, you know, and it becomes apparent that you only have one leg, maybe you can get away with it. I don't know, because Vince's mind immediately goes not to, hey, we have to sue this guy for all he's worth. It goes immediately to, oh, no, we're going to get, you know, publicity for beating up a crippled kid on live television. We're going to have to do something about this. But either way, we move right on to Judgment Day and you think, okay, well, that's just, you know, like a one off fan plant spot. Right. No. No, it is not, ladies and gentlemen. We have our pay-per-view at Judgment Day. Rowdy Roddy Piper makes his way to the ring. His shirt, by the way, just says frats on it, like in the Rowdy (laughs) font, and I don't know why, but I just made a note of that because I was like, what is – I don't even know what that means. Is it an acronym? Is he in a fraternity? I don't know. But anyway, Mr. America – excuse me. I almost get them confused. Mr. America makes his way down to the ring. He's got a steel chair already in hand because he knows, you know, it's going to be him versus Piper and Sean O'Hare. And then he says, actually, he's going to be joined by another real American. And real American starts to play. And Zach Gowan starts making his way down to the ring with a cane, no less, as real American plays triumphantly. And Mark, I I, I get why, right, because he's mr america's friend and he came to his rescue and you know mr america wants to pay it back to him whatever 
they might as well be playing the music from Leave It to Beaver while this kid comes down <laughs> to the ring. I mean, he looks like he's barely 16. <laughs> we'll get into it later, but he's listed as weighing 159 pounds. Nice. And that's like his official weigh-in, which is always inflated in pro wrestling. Right. He looks like a an actual child, which is, you know, it's... <laughs> It, it's very funny, but he makes his way down to the <laughs> ring kind of meekly real American is blasting Mr. America shakes his hand and this is not intentional and I don't even know if this was like part of all the shows at the time, but it's just this incredible shot where like as they shake hands between them leaning against the um the barricade in the background, there's a stretcher and it they don't use it. I'm not telling you this is foreshadowing for like everything, but it looks like it is like if I gave WWE more credit than they deserved, it would look like a really masterful piece of like shot composition. It's not. You just see that in the background. And you're like, huh, that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> so the match begins. It's again, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. If we can help it, Hogan is jumped immediately, you know, beaten up by these two guys. And I want to make this very clear. This is not like a tag match, right? Zach Gowan. Right. We barely even know his name. We only know his name because Hogan just said it. He's just there to like be in Mr. America's corner. Right. The match is fine. I mean, they, you know, there's a lot of cheating. O'Hare helps Piper a lot, whatever. <laughs> At one point, again, you might have covered this, but Mr. America hits the big boot and Michael Cole says, well, if this were Hulk Hogan, I would say the end is near, but I don't know what Mr. America is about to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great... That's awesome. It's a great touch. You know, it's a great line. Yeah, this is a, uh, it's a good angle, but again, the kid doesn't do much. And at some point, you know, Mr. America gets the upper hand. He goes for the pin. Mr. McMahon has run down to ringside and is about to run into the ring to interfere with the pin. And Zach Gowan gets up and grabs him by the leg and holds him back. So Mr. McMahon can't, can't get the pin. Mr. Mc, sorry, McMahon can't interfere with the pin. Mr. America wins. Yay. And that's that's it. You know, so again, it's the the focus of the angle at this point is mostly on Mr. America. And they're booking this kid like he's a make-a-wish contestant, basically. Right. Like they're not doing anything crazy. He's not like, hitting diving moonsaults or incredible offense. He's being booked like he's just a kid and he looks like he's just a kid and he's awkward like he's just a kid. So you're like. All right, all right, I can see this. You know, and they wanted to <laughs> do the thing where they make, you know, a Hulkamaniac a real person and come out of the ring and embody the spirit of, you right. know, whatever. Of course. And over the next few weeks, you know, he, he continues to show up on television, and he's kind of playing second fiddle to Mr. America. And this is where things kind of start to take a turn, and you realize, oh, this is not just like a make-a-wish angle. Uh, because in an interview with Stephanie McMahon the next week on SmackDown, he explains that, yes, you know, he, he lost his leg as a little kid when he had cancer and it had to be amputated. And he was raised by a single mother who worked very hard to provide for him and help him lead a normal life. And he's always dreamed, Mark, of growing up to be a professional wrestler. Mm. What are the odds, right? I know, right? That's crazy. That works out perfectly. <laughs> what? Yeah, no. You almost expect Stephanie McMahon to be like, well... But we are a professional wrestling company. Like, it's, it doesn't quite come to that. But, but just like, you know, and at this point, even somebody, again, as dumb as myself, watching this live would be like, wait a minute. 
I don't think this is just a kid at all. But, you know, <laughs> Mr. McMahon, being the, being the horrible, horrible person that he is, uses this kid and his dreams as bait to get Hulk Hogan to put a lie detector test on the line. I'm sorry, Mr. Right. America, to put a lie yeah, detector test Yeah, I was about to say. Again, we talked about this in that episode. Yeah, no, Hulk Hogan's still sitting at home. He's He's been fired. This is a different person. Right, right, right. But, you know, he, he says, hey, Mr. America, how about we have a match, and if you lose, you have to take a lie detector test. And Mr. America's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And Mr. McMahon's like, well, you like this kid, Zach Gowan, right? He wants to be a wrestler. If you don't submit to this, he'll never be a wrestler here or anywhere else in the world, you know? so Yeah, because Mr. McMahon sure knows says, about well, wrestling all around the world. Well, in his mind, you know. And this was... T- well, yeah, well, in real life, we're not going to touch on this a lot. Zach Gowan had already wrestled for TNA for like a year before he signed with WWE. <laughs> so it's very funny when Vince McMahon is like, you'll never wrestle again anywhere in the world. And you're like, yeah, you know, we'll see. <laughs> Back to kayfabe for a second. Mr. America says, all right, well, you know, I'll do it for the little America maniac, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to this match with the stipulation being the lie detector test. So Mr. America comes down to the ring. This is a match where we talked about stipulations earlier in the show. The stipulation is if he wins, Roddy Piper will be fired. And if O'Hare wins, Mr. America has to submit to a lie detector test, right? And he gets in the ring and he's ready to go. And Zach Gowan is sitting there at ringside in a little chair in his corner again, just like he was at the pay-per-view, ready to go. And then Mr. McMahon comes back down to the ring. And he's got what looks like Goldberg's entire security detail with him, like eight guys <laughs> that dress like state patrol officers, real mean looking, you know. And Mr. McMahon says, yeah, that's right. I'm here to make an arrest for trespass and criminal assault. And then he turns to Zach and says, arrest that man. And again, it's like eight cops. And this kid looks like he's 16. He's literally got a cane. Mr. America's horrified, obviously, because his little buddy's going to prison. And Vince McMahon, in like a state of what I can only assume is like attitude era induced trauma, sees the cane that Zach Gowan uses to walk and says, he's got a weapon. He's got a weapon. Be careful. <laughs> and he yanks the kid's cane out from under him and like runs away with it. He's like, I've got it. It's OK. It's OK. You can arrest him now. And even the cops are like, dude. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, Zach Gowan, he doesn't like collapse because he can stand, you know, he can balance on one leg, stand on one leg and a prosthetic leg. But like he's not he can't make a run for it. Right. Because Mr. McMahon stole his cane. He's placed under arrest. The cops haul him off and Mr. America gets out of the ring to try and stop this very unfair. Well, it's fair, right? Because he did trespass and assault that guy. That that happened. He laid his hands on Mr. McMahon. Once again, don't hop the barricade, kids. You will get arrested. But, like, not 24 hours later when you've already been hanging out at the show all night. Anyway, they haul him off. Mr. America is counted out and therefore has to submit to the lie detector test, which we talked about. Which is Very, one of the greatest, uh, greatest WWE moments in the history of the company. It just, it, it is. It's, it's top it five all time. You know, you got like Hogan, Rock. You got like, you know, Shawn Michaels winning mm-hmm. the title. You got like 
Hulkamania mm-hmm. and you know you got all these WrestleMania one and and then you have Mr. America taking a lie detector test. It's it's right up there. Like it's you think incredible. you think we're it's kidding, has... but we're not. It's one of the most no. brilliant things of TV you'll ever see. <laughs> it's and it was during this segment that I said to myself, I have got to go back and rewatch this stuff because this is just it's great wrestling. At its most insane sports entertainment best. Oh, right? yeah, that, that's something I have go- a vivid memory of because when yeah. I first started watching wrestling, again, I didn't start watching live, like current wrestling until, mm-hmm. I don't know, five or six years after I started watching wrestling. And uh, I just watched videotapes that my dad had for so long. And, you know, in the mm-hmm. couple of years after the demise of WCW, my dad, you know, was still a wrestling fan. So. He watched WWE for like two years and then then quit because he's like, this is stupid. I hate this. Um, But uh, <laughs> but and he would tape it because, again, we didn't have cable growing up. So he would go down a couple neighborhoods to my grandma, to his mom's house who had cable and he would record the shows. <laughs> he would tape them and then watch. He did that all through WCW's run also because uh, it was all on TNT. So he would record them SmackDown and Raw and then he would watch them. So he had all these tapes of like two years almost worth of WWE Raws and SmackDowns from like 2002 and 2003. So uh, I, I would, I pulled those out different times and would watch those. And it had the, the Mr. America run. So the whole lie detector test is one of the first WWE things, at least SmackDown things I ever watched was that. So I have long time memory of, um, of the brilliance <laughs> that is the Mr. America angle and, and the lie detector test. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's wonderful. It is it just is. It's, in- it is. And we won't, uh, I won't go into too much detail on it. I will say this did derail my research a little bit this morning because I sat down and watched the entire, like <laughs> a lot of the Mr. America stuff, even though it had nothing to do with, I will kid. say, I think this is Mr. McMahon's best work and I'm not kidding. Like you could say the Hulk, the Dude, uh, the I, Stone Cold Run, and all that stuff. No, Mister uh, Mister McMahon during this lie detector segment is the best in the ring on camera I've ever seen him. Ever, it is brilliant, and he should have won an Oscar. We're gonna come back to that as we continue this topic because, like I said, this this turned into a very Vince McMahon heavy episode for for the same reason. So. We'll we'll high, we'll skim over most of the lie detector test. I won't go into any details here, except to say that Zach Gowan is now back, and he's back at ringside with what I think is the greatest wrestling cliche of all time, which is, "Hey, he bought his own ticket. He can be here." I love that <laughs> so much. It I love good. the pure stupid simplicity of it. It's brilliant. So they go to interview him because they're like, "Oh, hey, you're here again," and you don't think about this at all like rewatching it you're just like oh yeah he's back at the show because he's a big fan of mr america but like you forget that the arena isn't just the stage and they're in a different city every week so like as a kid i think you're thinking that zach gowan is literally like flying from smackdown to smackdown to see his idol mr america every week this is on like the <laughs> other side of the country it's yeah. like the third week in the row at this point but they go to interview zach gowan and it's like somebody at wwe was like you know, if we do this, like we're going to encourage a bunch of idiots to hop the barricade and storm the ring. Right. So they go and interview him and he's like, yeah, you know, even though the charges were eventually dropped, it was really scary. But uh, I learned my lesson because I didn't have a backstage pass and I didn't have any right to be in the ring. So now I'm right here. 
and I bought my own ticket in the front row and I can be here. And you're just like, yeah, great. All right. I love it. That's perfect. Because WWE has to sell you a ticket no matter right. who you are. They have to. They don't have a choice. But, um, oh, man. So, and, and then the segment begins. And the only other thing I want to point out for this is, um, is Vince McMahon makes a point of pointing out Zach and saying, hey, you know, watch yourself, right? I don't want to have to arrest you again. And also, once this lie detector test is complete, Mr. America will be just like you because he won't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, which is an incredible piece of heel work, but also very funny because he does have one. Right. That's the whole point. Like if he right. was a no-legged wrestler, that joke works, but it doesn't work because he's literally got a leg to stand on. Anyway, the lie detector segment happens. It's it's one of the best things in wrestling history. Yep. Gowan doesn't do anything except celebrate once, you know, spoiler alert, Mr. America is vindicated, as we all knew all along. Right. He's, he's not Hulk Hogan. Hogan. No. Exactly. So, and, and you know, later in the show, <laughs> this is the only other thing that happens on this episode. Mr. McMahon's limo gets towed because he parked in a handicapped spot. And Zach Gowan <laughs> is there with his cane in hand like, you know, you can't park in a handicapped spot, right? <laughs> And that's it. And then they, they they tow his limo off and Zach's just like, ah, justice. So he definitely called the cops on Mr. McMahon in revenge and got his car towed. But anyway, Brilliant. now we d- divorce a little bit from the Mr. America storyline. Hang on, Harris. Everyone go listen just to that one, episode. Hang on. Give me just yeah. one second. I got to go Yeah, get my laundry. Yeah. Are you going to edit this out again or do I just have to vamp? I guess it depends on what I say. Oh, well. He did this before we started recording, so I was really hoping he was, like, taking it out of the dryer or something that wouldn't require him to do this again during the course of the episode. I don't have anything as interesting to say this week. I talked about the wedding last week. I don't know. I'm rewatching uh, UFC fights on television while I record this. It's pretty good. It's Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. I think it goes to decision, but I don't remember what happens. Let's see. What else is on? Not much. Star Wars is on, but Star Wars is always on. It's not as exciting as it used to be. A bunch of basketball on, but I don't care about basketball. Yeah, we'll stick to this. I really want to do, I don't know if Mark, I guess he'll listen back to this. I want to do another episode about like the other masked wrestlers who look a lot like their original counterparts. Like I know for a fact there's a Juan Cena who wrestled for a few years who bears a striking resemblance to John Cena. But I don't know enough about it to know if that's enough for a full episode. And that's the only one I can think of. And I guess uh, El Generico, too. But he had a more – he had a longer run before he retired and moved back to Mexico. Hmm. If there's anyone else who's done that, probably not. There's a commercial on TV now for canned cocktails from a company called Cutwater. And they're pretty good. I've tried them before. But they're showing people, like – pounding them on camping trips and stuff and that seems like a terrible idea like if it's a beer or something i understand but these people are putting down like hard alcohol like a can of vodka tonics while they're in the wilderness and that doesn't seem like a great idea to me i don't know i don't go camping a lot maybe people are hammered when they do it all the time wouldn't know so this is really unfair because i feel like mark just talks to fill dead air like for a living at the radio station, and I'm in no position to do any of that. And I had nothing prepared because I didn't know I was going to be doing this. So, sorry, folks. Oh, wait, he's back. 
hope he doesn't fold his laundry before he comes back. All right, we're back. Yay! All right, cool. Yeah, I, I, didn't I don't have... have to leave again. That was the that was the last time. Okay, that's good. I was when you left. I was like, I hope he doesn't fold his laundry before he comes <laughs> back on the air. Just leave me here for ten minutes. Ten minutes? It takes you ten minutes to fold your laundry? Probably not. I've never no, it timed takes, it. It's just it takes you know way it's, longer it's than that. Plus, mi- plus this was the uh, this was the uh, all right. I better clean my uh, my sheets for the first time in 2021 Ooh. day. So yeah, been there. Yeah, that's gonna be not <laughs> not fun. You know, it sucks because all that crap gets built up underneath your sheets, and like it doesn't wash out. Like you have to. I feel like take like pieces of tape and like get all that crap up. Yeah, yeah. I um, enjoy that. Anyway, I found out I found anyway. that out the hard way. If you don't do that, then it gets basically washed into your sheets and then ruins them. So, found that out the hard way a couple of years ago, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're leaving all of this in. Whole thing. Oh, I hope I hope you're so entertaining be- people like you did last time. No, not gone. even it was worse. I addressed that a little <laughs> bit, but you know, it's it's fine. So, once again, you can just listen back and hear it. So we're going back to 2003. Um, we opened the show. It's now June, SmackDown. Roddy Piper opens up the show, and he's annoyed, right? Because he spent his whole life fighting. It took him 30 years to become a legend, and a lot of people still don't think he's special. Harris, but I'm just going to stop you right here. Have this punk. There's kid. never yep. one second yep. of any Roddy Piper anything where he wasn't annoyed. Just going to just throwing that out there. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much right. So he's he's annoyed, you know, that people think that Zach Gowan is something special. And McMahon interrupts him and comes down to the ring and says, no, you know what? You know what? I, I was wrong. And I let my hatred of Mr. America. I mean, Hulk Hogan, because he thinks they're the same person. They're obviously not. He lets his hatred of Hulk Hogan slash Mr. America cloud his vision. But, you know, Zach Gowan is a true American success story. Just like himself, Vincent K. McMahon. Uh, hang on, but in life, hang on. And in How is he yep. a success yep. story? Zach Gowan? Yeah. Or Vince? Well, because he uh, didn't die of cancer when he was a kid. Gotcha. And is pursuing his dreams of becoming a wrestler. That's mostly it. Okay. Okay, fair enough. And you know, I mean, I, I may have glossed over this, but, you know, they're trying to play him up as like this inspirational figure. They, right. We don't know how much actual training he has. We just know he really wants to be a wrestler. That's all we know. So he says, you know, like like anything else in life, though, nobody's going to give you success. You have to earn it. And tonight, he very generously is offering to give Zach a chance to earn a WWE contract. And once again, I'm I'm stupid, and I forgot a lot of this, too. But in my head, I was like, oh, so this is where he's going to put him in a match, right? Wrong. This is where he puts him <laughs> in an arm wrestling match. Yeah. Yep. He says next week it's going to be an arm wrestling match for your contract. And Mr. America comes down to the ring and he's like, if you're looking for a challenge, sister, I accept. And Vince McMahon's like, no, I'm not going to arm wrestle you, dude. I'm going to arm wrestle the 160 pound <laughs> child in the ring. Obviously. Yeah. He doesn't want the 24 inch pythons. Uh, they're the Patriots, Mark. It's different. This is oh. Mr. America. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. The Patriots, of course. But yeah, he's like, yeah, no, Mr. America's jacked. I'm not going to arm wrestle him, obviously. So the Oh, next to be week... fair, so is Vince. 
oh yeah, no, exactly. But he's a terrible person. So he picks the person he knows he can be. Right. <laughs> and so the next week we have the big arm wrestling match almost immediately. Like as soon as the segment starts, Mr. America's like, Hey though, how about we do it with me instead of you though, sister, you know? And for some reason, I guess because they have to keep that feud going too, Vince McMahon accepts he starts arm wrestling Mr. America. Again, we, we talk about this in more detail on the other episode. Sable yep. cheats yep. to help Vince McMahon win. And she doesn't cheat. You know, she, Sable, as we'll establish, is kind of a thing with Mr. McMahon at this time. I think right. in kayfabe, she's Stephanie's assistant, like assistant to the general manager. But in, in reality, she's just, she's just, you know, macking on Vince constantly. And right. she distracts Mr. America, not by like, hitting him or interfering directly with the match because Steph's like, if you lay a hand on them, I'm going to call it a disqualification. So she just like flashes him, you know, she just exposes yep. her um significant, significant cleavage for an object. Mr. America, like <laughs> as, as they say in Roy and uh, ready to rumble. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Mr. America, <laughs> like any other red blooded American male, goes oh god you know like his eyes just bulge <laughs> out and he might as well like make those noises like an old-timey cartoon and vince mcmahon wins <laughs> and this wasn't even here's the thing i'm just talking about this because it's hilarious this wasn't even for zach gowan like when mr america challenged him again vince was like okay but this will be for some other stipulation like another <laughs> match or something he yep. beats hope he i'm sorry he beats Mr. America through nefarious means. Mr. America leaves the ring. And then Vince is like, all right, now you and me, Zach, let's do it again. So there's two <laughs> arm wrestling matches in this show. I'm just going to say, I think it would have been a great bit if Sable attempted to distract Mr. America, but in doing so also distracted Vince. So they both yep. are just <laughs> looking over and then, then immediately go back and then Sable just freaks out because he just ruined the whole moment and then he's like oh shoot mm -hmm. and then they just go back to arm wrestling normal i would really like that to be a bit that happens because i think that would be fun well there's gonna be plenty more um there's gonna be plenty more of sable's bits as we uh, go on here yeah yeah <laughs> that's so very anyway, true they are arm wrestling somehow and this makes no sense because again this kid is billed as 159 pounds like soaking wet Vin this is vince mcmahon at his like roided up peak i would say and yeah, probably not only do they not only are they like pretty evenly matched at first, but like Zach Gowan starts to beat him. He's like straining with all his might and Vince is slowly losing like he sees his arm going down. So he does what any intelligent heel will do and immediately kicks the kid's fake leg out from under him and slams his arm down and wins. Oh, it's brilliant. It's it is brilliant. And Zach's like, well, that's you know, that's disappointing. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's sad. I'm. I'm I'm skipping some stuff for time, but Vince McMahon is like, oh, you're going to cry because your dream went up in flames like he's we've gone in the space of a month from, wow, this is terrible PR. Roddy Piper beat up a handicapped boy on my television show to let me see if I can make this guy cry because <laughs> I've taunted him for weeks with the opportunity at his dream job. Like it's it's peak insane Vince McMahon. So but, you know, the next week. So you would think. If wrestling wasn't insane, that, oh, well, that was his chance. He lost. That's the end of that. And yet somehow next week, Zach Gowan is again backstage. And at this point, I have to wonder, how is this still allowed? 
Who is he talking to to get backstage? He still doesn't have a backstage pass. He still doesn't have a contract. It's like month five at this point. <laughs> Week five. I don't know what like I don't know why he's still allowed back here. Not to mention the fact that, like I said before, they're in a different city every week. I don't know if he's driving, if he's flying. Maybe Mr. (sighs) America's sponsoring him. Maybe Hulk Hogan is sitting at home sponsoring him. I don't know. But he's walking around backstage, and he sees a few wrestlers, and the wrestlers are like, hey, that was uh, pretty messed up that happened to you last week. And he's like, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know. And he says, do you guys know where uh, where Stephanie McMahon's office is? Because she she asked me to come see her. So I guess that's how he was allowed backstage this week, at least. And they're like, uh, yeah, it's right there. And it's not meant to be comical, but the camera like pans directly to the left. Like he was standing <laughs> across the hallway from a door <laughs> that said general manager's office, like in the SmackDown font. And he was like, do you guys know where the general manager's? <laughs> anyway, again, not intentional comedy, but That's very true. funny nonetheless. He knocks on the door uh, and it's not Stephanie McMahon. It is, in fact, Sable. Sure. Sable says, well, she's not here right now, but you can wait inside if you want. And he's like. No, I don't think I will. I'll just I'll just wait outside. And she's like, what's the matter, Zach? Are you afraid to be alone with a real woman? And because here, like, <clears throat> let's just get this out of the way. This is 2003. This is some of the worst treatment of women in wrestling that I've ever seen. Oh, there come on, a- Harris. What are you talking about? They were all treated like complete equals to everyone else that was involved. Nothing degrading whatsoever was, happened in the no. company of World Wrestling Entertainment between the years of 1996 and 2014. <laughs> not a single so, thing. So, like, this is not relevant to the topic, but it just set the stage really well. Because at the pay-per-view where, you know, the 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 Mr. America, excuse me, match happened, At the sa- this was the same show where Sable was in a bikini contest with, I think it was Tori Wilson. And as part of their stats, you know, like instead of weigh-ins or reach advantage or signature move or even like mat facts, it was like, yeah, Sable's coming into this as the two-time Playboy cover girl. And Tori Wilson's coming into this, and she was just on Playboy last week. And you're like, ah, so this is what we're dealing with. Okay. Oh, dear. So Sable brings this – this. I will say I do love Michael Cole and Taz. Um, their, their commentary one I think they were a great commentary team they I don't really care were. what anyone says they were great Michael Cole is really good he just became corporatized you know you know mm-hmm. when you're in there it's like Tony Schiavone near the end of WCW like when you're just in it for however long you just you got it down you can't really deviate from the path and, and then you start to suck obviously Tony <laughs> Schiavone's a million times better than Michael Cole so that comparison's not exactly fair but but you know but Cole back then, back then before all that happened and he was the guy and then you know when he was just the smackdown guy him and Taz were just awesome they were a great commentary team and the fact one of the great things about them is they will actively mock things that happen yep. like yeah, all the true. time we've talked about that before the best example is in the uh, Tory Wilson's father um, but when he's out there talking and like cutting a pro and it's like the worst thing ever and they're just actively mocking him in the middle of it while he's in the ring uh, but anyway they're, they're great and I think they do a great job with the women too you can say what you will about inappropriate whatever I think they're hilarious throughout all of it oh yeah they they're killer on commentary this entire time for sure but um so I'm going to skip over some of the more lurid details here, but this is not TVPG. You know, uh, one no. segment later, they're making out 
Um, a second segment later, he's got his hands on her breasts and he's fondling her quite a lot. And the, they do it, you know, in the way where like the camera's behind her. So you don't actually see it happen. So they're allowed to put it on television, but that's oh, clearly yeah. what's happening. Mm-hmm. And by the third segment, you know, we keep cutting back to them all night. And finally, Sable's like, she, you know, swipes everything off a table and throws him on top of the table and sits on top of him and was like, say my name, say my name. And he's like, Sable, Sable. And she's like, say how much you want me. And he's like, I want you a lot. I want you. I want you. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, too bad. And she gets off of him and she (laughs) slaps him. And she's like, do you think you could ever satisfy me? You're nothing but an amputee, which is just not nice. No, but it's not wrong. I don't know that. That's very <laughs> ableist. I'm just saying. That's so again, we've like four weeks. It's good heel from, work. Wow, it's good heel terrible work. Terrible publicity. Oh yeah, no, exactly. So we've gone like within four weeks from kayfabe Vince McMahon saying, "Hey, this is terrible publicity," to now like we're just berating this poor. We're going to seduce and then berate this poor boy like. Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown, you know, like, no, because here's the thing. It's like an hour into the show at this point that she's been making out with him and like letting him put his hands on her breasts and stuff. And only an hour into the two hour show, does she like pull the rug out from under him and reveal that it was all a trap. Vince McMahon comes in and is like, ah, ha 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 ha. I mean, like I look at this, this was a win for Zach Gowen, man. Exactly. Like, for an, he got an hour alone with Sable. Right. She was, yeah, exactly. But, you know, Vince McMahon cackles maniacally and they run him out. And it's it's very funny because they do that thing where they come out and they, like, address it a little bit more than they need to. Vince is like, boy, that whole fake Stephanie's office idea worked out great, didn't it? And you're like, well, yeah, like, that's I, I knew I wasn't sitting here like, where is Stephanie? <laughs> like, whatever. But and then they start, Mark, they start to reenact the seduction and Vince like throws himself on the table and he's like, oh, Sable, I want you. Ah, oh, Sable, I want you. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like they're about to, you know, they're about to do it for real when Stephanie comes storming in, presumably because, like we talked about earlier, she was watching Smackdown. Right. And was like, wait, that's where they've been all night. That's annoying. Hang on a second. And like <laughs> walked across the arena. And then and you'd think like, again, I think I know where this is going because I have some ideas of, you know, what happens next. And I'm like, oh, so this is going to be where she's like, hey, what's wrong with you? You're a terrible person. You're a creep. I'm going to give him a match or give him a contract or whatever. No, that's not what happens because this is 2003 and no like simple sort of sports driven booking would ever suffice when you can just put the pedal to the floor and dial it up to 11 and be completely insane because Stephanie McMahon barges into the room crying and screaming and delivers like one of the most disturbing <laughs> promos or monologues that I've ever heard in a wrestling ring. If you take it seriously for half a second and she's crying and she's borderline incoherent and Sable bailed because she doesn't want to deal with this. And she tells Vince through tears You don't think when I went to all those dinners with your business associates and I was 17 years old, you don't think they told me what you promised I would do to them? And I did it, Dad. I did all of it. And that's why I'm not going to let you do that to Zach Gowing, too. You're like, whoa! Whoa! Uh, I think... (laughs) 
I I think we skipped a step there and went from <laughs> zero to a billion. Yep. With zero provocation. Yep. Or reasoning. Just saying. It's incredible. Because <laughs> you would think she'd just be like, hey, you're a dirty old man. Stop bullying this child. She's like, no. Zach Gowan is the only chance I have at redeeming my soul because when I was an underage woman, you made me have sex with all of your business associates. That's what's happened here. And that's oh, yeah. not, it's not foreshadowed. It, there's not like it's not built to. She just storms into the ring or into the room and drops that on us. And then like literally and goes on this rant, you know, about all the horrible things that like growing up her father's daughter led her to do and what he pressured her to do and all of this really insane, really illicit stuff. And then she yanks, you know, tugs on the wheel and works us back onto the road and says, and that's why I'm going to give this guy Zach Gowan. You're like, no, 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 no. Stop. Go to therapy <laughs> or prison. Like, don't tell me it's about the wrestler now. Like you can't, you can't salvage that. But so that's, Instead of it being about the kid and like, oh, no, this is wrong. He deserves a shot. No, this is the only way that Stephanie McMahon can salvage her soul at sure. this point. Sure. So so the next week on SmackDown, Sable's like, hey, sorry, we were about to boink when your daughter walked in on us. But do you want to do it now? A week later? And Vince McMahon's like, very serious, very somber. He's like, no, Sable, not tonight. There's something I have to do. And he, and he goes out to the ring and he invites out Stephanie and he invites out Zach. And he says they've both had a really profound impact on his life in the last few weeks. And he apologized to Stephanie and he says he now realizes that he took away her innocence. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess it sounds okay. like, you know, that's, yeah, that's one way to put it. Here's another way to put it. He says, it's almost as though I deflowered you myself. Yeah, we, <laughs> no, we okay. you know what, Harris, to be honest, we should just do an entire <sighs> podcast topic about the incestual, the um, <laughs> incestual obsession of the McMahon family yep. and really yep. just Vince McMahon, because yep. it's, it's way more than you remember. Like it, it, it is, <laughs> it, everyone remembers <laughs> to a degree, but I think people forget how rampant it was yeah, for a time exactly. well, i certainly did until i was re-watching this and then i was yeah, like oh it's oh it it's it, it's gonna be a whole episode at some point it just a lot, dude. Th there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> it's dude oh boy I was, like i said like in this episode i was like oh yeah we're gonna do an episode about the one ragged wrestler and then i started watching and i was like oh yeah. where did that come from oh yeah so anyway so he he apologizes to Steph and he says he like he understands he she can probably never forgive him for like getting her into this life and the things he you know pressured her to do and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, huh, that's the correct response. Basically <laughs> using your daughter sense. as a prostitute. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair thing to have to apologize for. Yeah. You're like, all right, well, that's that makes a shocking amount of sense. Like you're waiting for the turn, right? Because this is insane psychopath Vince McMahon in 2003, and you're just waiting for him to twist the knife, and he doesn't do it. And then he starts talking to Zach Gowan, and he's like, here's the thing. I, deep down, I really want to be like you. 
And he goes on to explain, because despite all of his success, even though he's a billionaire and he owns his own company and he's living his dream, he's never done what Zach Gowan has done. Because Zach Gowan has looked death in the face and spit, or looked death in the eye and spit right in her face. And he, he, he sees that now and he sees that's why he doesn't like Zach. And he wants to start over. He wants to come clean. And he offers Zach an apology. And the entire time he's talking, you're like, this makes a lot of sense. When's the twist going to come? And it doesn't come. He just gets all that out, apologizes, and Zach says no. Hmm. Now, I understand why, because Zach clearly has watched a lot of SmackDown and is like, well, it's coming at some point, so I'm not going to give you the opportunity, which makes sense. But nothing Vince McMahon has said up until this point in this episode has given any indication that it's anything other than a horrified face turn because he realizes he's a monster. He's played it completely straight the entire episode. And Zach says no. And finally, like, he's not the most charismatic guy in the world. I'll be honest with you. He's not stone cold, you know, but this is where he loses it. And he gets a chance to really kind of tap into a lot of the emotion that I'm sure he was really feeling. And a lot of the things that people watching at home were like, isn't this pretty offensive? Like he taps into a lot of that, you know, and he, he's chewing him out. He says, you know, I've seen intimidating and you're not it. I've seen things in life that would make you cry. I've been through obstacle and Vince is clearly uncomfortable. And he grabs him. He says, look me in the eye, you son of a bitch. And the crowd pops huge. And Vince is horrified. And this kid is spitting fire. Like it's genuinely great. He says, I've been through obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. I have busted my ass to become a professional wrestler and you're going to sit there and you think you're going to make a joke out of me well i'm sick of it and it's not going to happen anymore and you're like yeah okay cool like good for you dude that's it's genuinely a good promo like it's great i have and they did that thing where they tapped into like you know the real emotion of the moment a little bit and was like hey has all this stuff we've been doing with this kid for the last four weeks been kind of offensive Uh, maybe (laughs) anyway so this kid he he cuts this great promo and he says if you want it you want to feel good about yourself you want to start over then give me what i've worked for give me a wwe smackdown contract and this is where vince you know kind of shakes his head a little bit and says okay well if you want it you know you want a contract that's what this is all about i think you can have a contract but you don't want me to just give it to you right you never had anything given to you. You want to earn it. And again, even though I knew where this was going, I was like, oh, so this is when they put him in a match, right? <laughs> of course not. No. For like the fourth time. I'm like, oh, yeah. Whoops. <sighs> so because again, this is 2003. He says, no, you can earn your opportunity right here. And it's in Madison Square Garden, actually. You can earn your opportunity right here in Madison Square Garden. And you can join a very exclusive club. And he takes off his jacket and Zach's like, no. And he's like, that's right. You can join the Vincent K. McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Yay. Oh, and he starts to, and this is where like, listen, Vince McMahon, whatever his, like the real person, whatever his flaws, he is an incredible entertainer. Like oh, he was born sure. to do this because he is like, he's undressing himself. Like he's a, like he's shaking his hips around and he's gyrating a lot. He's super into it. 
he moons the crowd right behind him and they don't put it on television because the hard cam is, you know, in front of him. But you can tell he's mooning half of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and again, as they're doing this, I don't think this was intentional, but there's a, this incredible shot where he wiggles down his pants, shakes his hips a little bit. And somebody in the second row just holds up a sign that says in all caps, Vince is God. <laughs> like, look, this man has. This man has carved quite a life for himself. I'll give him that. That's funny. Uh, Zach Gowan, uh, because he's whatever his flaws, not a stupid person, gets down on his knees and just gives him a low blow. Just hits him right in the potatoes. The crowd goes wild. Zach gets up, kind of runs away. Vince is reeling in pain. And he gets one up on him for another week. Once again, still doesn't have a contract. Is still just showing up and like hanging out, coming to the ring backstage. I don't know how things would look any different if he did have a contract at this point. But it's been like two months now. It's now July of 2003. The next episode of SmackDown. And Vince opens with another announcement. Uh, As a result of what happened last week, he's decided to punish both Stephanie and Seth. Or Zach, excuse me. And... He's booked them in a match with the Big Show. Yay. And he's billing it as the first ever real handicap match. <laughs> oh, you get it? You get it? It's, it's a bit of clever <laughs> wordplay because a handicap match can refer to a two-on-one match or a physical handicap. It's really <laughs> clever. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, but it's an incredible little bit of heel work. <laughs> It is. It is. And this this is where – make sure I have this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the – and this is finally where it sort of reaches like some semblance of wrestling logic because he's still mad, but he wants to punish Zach. So he gives him the, the chance to earn a contract if somehow he and Stephanie McMahon can beat the big show, knowing obviously that they're going to get annihilated. Because it's the big show, and even a two-legged wrestler would have a lot of time. Like at this point, the story they've been telling for the last month is that Brock Lesnar, who is champion and killing everybody, has struggled to put away Big Show, right? So this is like obviously not even a contest. He's going to kill this kid once and for all, write right. him off, move on. So this this main events the show, by the way, which just tells you what an unreal level like one SmackDown and two Vince McMahon was on at this point. That this was like a big deal. People were super into it. And it closes the show. So this is the show where at the end, Vince McMahon with Sable comes out. And right before the main event announces one, he finally found proof that Mr. America was Hulk Hogan because he recorded him taking his mask off after a show went off the air. Again, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in our Mr. America episode. Oh, yeah. So he announces with not a lot of fanfare, it's weirdly anticlimactic that Mr. America slash Hulk Hogan has been fired and isn't on the show anymore. And then he announces that the big show uh, to thank big show for what he's about to do, which is kill his daughter and Zach Gowan as a reward has been placed in the title match at the following pay-per-view vengeance. It will now be a triple threat. Oh, and one last thing, this match between a literal giant and a man with a literal one leg and a literal woman is now a uh, no disqualification match. <laughs> just to really, yeah, just to oh, really drive home the point. So they sit at ringside. Steph makes her way out to the ring. Zach, despite not having a contract, now has both a Titantron and a song. 
It's very funny because the Titantron <laughs> is just the only footage they have of him is him either watching a Mr. America match or low blowing Vince McMahon. Like that's all he's done, but he's still right. got a Titantron. Makes his way down to the ring, you know, whatever. Big Show comes on down and the match begins. And this is the first time after two months that we actually see that yeah, this guy in real life is a trained pro wrestler and like has some talent. Like he gets offense in, he's got a baseball slide, he hits a couple splashes, he bumps like a monster. Because the, the Big Show is a big, impressive person anyway. Right. When he hits a choke slam, it looks like it hurts. When he hits a choke slam on a hundred and fifty pound man with one leg, he looks like the strongest person that's ever walked the face <laughs> of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, this match is like six minutes long. And it's one of the most insane, beautiful, overbooked schmozzes of a fight that I've ever seen. At some point, Big Show picks up Stephanie McMahon with one hand like she's a literal baby. And Vince gets up on the apron and he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. And Big Show looks at him and Vince is like, throw her as far as you can. (laughs) Throw her out of the ring. And he's yelling at Big Show and Zach. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite moments. It, I love that so much. It's incredible because Vince keeps teasing like he's going to have some semblance of decency, and then he just doubles down. Yep. It's, it's, it's great. It's some of his best work still at this point. Zach comes up behind him, sweeps his legs out from under him, you know, and he bonks his head on the apron. Uh, the match continues. It's just it's chaos. Big Show crushes Zach with a choke slam picks up Stephanie for a choke slam is about to just end her life as well. And who comes sprinting down to the ring, but Kurt angle who is one third of the triple threat at the next pay-per-view on Sunday. He's clearly pretty annoyed with big show for getting put into that match. Hits him with an angle slam is trying to hit some ground and pound on the big show. And Vince McMahon comes storming into the ring with a chair and just annihilates him, just cracks him right <laughs> over the head with it. One of those classic old school chair shots. Yeah. Then, you know, you think, oh, well, that was that was crazy. Anyway, we're back to normal. No, we're not back to normal. We're not even close to back to normal because now we've got Brock Lesnar shirtless wearing shorts and tennis shoes because he's Brock Lesnar and it's 2003 comes sprinting down <laughs> to the ring. He goes for an F5, gets hit with a low blow from Vince McMahon, stumbles back to the ground. So now at this point, Vince McMahon, Big Show, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Zach Gowan and Stephanie McMahon are all running around doing various things in this match. Woo. It's absolute. The crowd is losing their mind. It is bedlam at this point. Oh, finally, 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 finally. Big Show picks up the steel chair. Zach hits him with a one-legged drop kick, which is actually pretty cool. Like it looks, yeah. it looks like a drop kick. Knocks Big Show's chair into his own face. He's staggered. Angle hits an angle slam. Brock gets him up for a 500-pound F5. And then Gowan hits a one-legged moonsault off of the top rope for the pin. And you see Brock Lesnar <laughs> behind him go like, yeah! Which, like, I don't think they were friends. That's never been a dream. They weren't, like, wishing him good luck before right. the match or anything. They just don't like Big Show. But, like, giant, terrifying human being Brock Lesnar being like, yeah, we did it! Is... I, I bet Brock Lesnar was just legitimately thinking that this was cool. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. That's the thing, because you know Brock Lesnar doesn't get into something unless he's really into it. So to see him just, like, enthusiastically fist pump, like this is his best <laughs> friend in the world. Oh, it's amazing. And Big Show's dead. 
you know, Vince is staggered. And Zach Gowan is under contract with the WWE. Woo. <laughs> so he, Vince would put himself in a match with Zach Gowan at Vengeance, the next pay-per-view. And that's kind of the last, not, not gas with this angle, because he was a full-time wrestler after this. Like, he wrestled for a while. He really was under contract. And he just kind of became a member of the lower card on SmackDown's roster after this. I mean... Yeah. I, I won't go blow for blow through the Vince McMahon match other than to say, one, there's an incredible piece of work at the beginning where he, interview, he he's talking to Stephanie backstage, Vince is, and he's booked her in a match with Sable earlier in the card. And he's like, you know, Steph, I just uh, I wanted to wish you good luck, you know, in your big match tonight. I know it's going to be really dangerous, but I want to wish you good luck in your match. And Steph's like, the match that you put me in? And Vince is like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, because I've had – I mean, I've had a lot of other stuff on my plate. I mean, I've got a big match tonight, too. And Steph goes, a match that you put yourself in? And Vince <laughs> is like, yep, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I just uh, I wanted to wish you good luck, and I got you flowers to wish you good luck in your match. And Steph, you know, looks down at the table, and there's this incredible spread. Like, it's a really nice, really expensive bouquet. And she's like, oh, these are nice. And Vince goes, oh, oh, yeah, they are nice. Um, I don't want to get you the wrong idea. These flowers are for Sable. Uh, but, but here are your flowers. And he hands her like three flowers in his hand right. that he gives to her. <laughs> I was like, anyway, good luck. And he, he swaggers off and Taz is like, those are okay. Those are okay. They're a little dry, but those are nice too. <laughs> just an, uh, just an incredible piece of peel work. And then he comes out in a match against Zach Gowan, a man with one leg. Uh, and Vince McMahon wins that match. I'm not going to go like blow for blow through the whole thing. Cause it's not that crazy. It's just a mostly fine match. He blades at the end. Cause he gets, you know, drop kicked with a chair again. Yeah. It's bad. I think he had the razor. It looked like he has it like in his head and then gets hit with the chair. He's bleeding a lot. Zach Gowan tries to follow up with a moonsault misses. So Vince McMahon beats him, but I guess they tried to make Zach strong by making Vince bleed like a madman. Yeah. And, that's kind of the ending point of this Mr. McMahon, Zach Gowan feud. He would go on to have other feuds, and I don't know if there's enough there for another episode or not, but this has gone on long enough, and Mr. McMahon kind of derailed <laughs> me so much that I couldn't cover his entire career. But that's the story of Zach Gowan uh, and how he eventually earned a WWE contract. Woo! Yeah, I don't think there's enough for any uh, whole episode, but I do have to mention – the other thing that Zach Gowan is most famous for in WWE, which is, of course, yeah, you want to just get it over with. Let's, which yeah, is, of course, when he beats Brock Lesnar via disqualification because Lesnar just, you know, beat the crap out of him. And, you know, the whole thing with the ref, like one, two, three, and then just, you know, they don't stop. So he disqualifies him. Uh, he breaks his one good leg. And then the next week. <laughs> Gowan, of course, now can't walk, so he's in a wheelchair because he only has the one yep. leg and it's broken. And it's the famous clip of Brock Lesnar proceeding to throw him down a flight of stairs. Yep. Which is just awesome. It's great. It, and so what a, what, what, a, what a turn of that relationship ooh, from Brock Lesnar cheering when he wins to throwing <sighs> him down the stairs. While Here's crippled. what's insane about this, Mark, is uh, I set out, I saw like a clip or a reference of that Brock Lesnar match and the stair spot. And I thought, oh, we need to do that. We need to do the Zach Gowan episode. And I started to like track it, thinking that would be our natural concluding point. 
And the more Vince McMahon like injected himself into this story, the more I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, we have to talk about how he actually earned his contract. Yeah. That's 10 times more insane than anything that happened after it. But yes, that's also incredible <laughs> to go back and realize that Brock helped him win his contract and see him like celebrating in the background. Like, yeah. And, just know that he would murder him like three months later for no real reason. <laughs> that stair bump, by the way, is absolutely horrifying. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not it great. It looks really, really rough. And then, yeah, that he, he had some lower card like feuds and yeah. then got sidelined no, with real life else. injuries. Yeah. And then they let him go after like a year. Right. I'll be honest with you. It's an incredible year. It's a very event-filled, like... Here's the thing, and I'll, I'll put a bow on it with this. I know this episode has been very long. But, like, the way WWE handles things now is they try to sign literally everyone they possibly can, and then they just kind of sit on their hands. I really think there's something to be said for the way they were doing it in 2003, which is like, hey, here's this guy who's trained who's got a marketable, I mean, it sounds unfair to say, but it's a marketable gimmick. Here's a wrestler with one leg. We can make money yeah. off of that. Right. And then they bring him in and they pour everything they have into a storyline with him with the best heel in wrestling history at the top of his game. And they fully commit to building this guy for two months. If you're going to do it, I think that's a better way to do it. I would rather see them bring people in for one year runs where they actually have some ideas then see what they yeah, do now, which yeah. is, hey, we've hired half the wrestling world and you're never going to be on television. Right. I will get Vince McMahon for all of his flaws committed to this storyline and made me really invested in this kid because he's the best heel of all time. He's an absolute lunatic <laughs> and you hate his guts every minute he's on screen. Yeah. But he is so dang entertaining. He elevated all of this feud and it's it's some of the best heel work I've ever seen. I thought this was going to be a goofy like quick thing that I talked about before we got to the Brock Lesnar part of the story. And that never even happened because <laughs> Vince McMahon <laughs> just hijacked our entire episode again. Mm. But that's the story of how Zach Gowan earned his WWE contract. There we are. There we are. Absolutely <sighs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's a fun ride to go down. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, for sure. Go and check out some of the, some of that stuff on the network. If you haven't seen it, cause it is worth watching. It is highly entertaining stuff high it is the entertainment part of sports entertainment mm. up to the max where it is the most mind-numbingly dumb stuff you could possibly think of but elevated to a level it has no business being to yeah and uh is very very entertaining all right so that's with that topic now uh before before we um close out the show here so something we we forgot to mention at the beginning that we need to mention now mm-hmm. we lost one of our heroes this past week, Harris, with uh, Joe Cephas passing away, a.k.a. the question mark. And uh, that I, I still don't know what happened, but just came out of nowhere and and uh, we lost him. So Joseph Hudson, unfortunately, passed away, which is just a shame, man, because I mean, I think without a doubt, the most entertaining thing of NWA power, period, like just just was everything. Once that question mark character started, every single thing that he was involved in was the most entertaining thing you could possibly hope to see. Like it was yep. just, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant work. 
And then the pairing with Aaron Stevens was the smartest thing NWA did. And them two together was the best part of the show each and every week. So funny. The humor was great. Obviously, he's a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler as well. Put on some great matches. And uh, it was just that was just really sad. I was really sad to see, especially just being part of that NWA family. And it was that was just really sad to see. So RIP to uh, the question mark. Yeah, absolutely. I did not. Um, I wasn't familiar with him at all before we started going to those NWA tapings. Famously, I did not know a lot of the people involved right. at NWA. But I remember, you know, the first time we saw the question mark, you were like, oh, I think that's Josephus. And I didn't know who that was. So I was just like, oh, OK, yeah, Josephus, whatever. But that dude won me over because you're right. That was the most over thing in that whole company. And that's a company where everyone who goes to it is willing to put anything over. Yep. And everyone was excited to be there. Everyone was there because they loved wrestling. And in a room full of people that loved wrestling and just wanted to see good old school pro wrestling, he was everyone's favorite part of the show. Yep. And yeah, no, it's terrible, super unexpected. I didn't, like I said, I wasn't as familiar with his body of work, but definitely one of my favorite things. And I think for all of us, like one of the things that when I thought about NWA eventually trying to come back that I was most looking forward to, because you're right, the pairing of him and and his his protege <laughs> was <laughs> was just perfect. I mean, it was picture perfect. It was some of the best stuff going in wrestling, and it's really sad, man. I know they um, I know his family set up a GoFundMe. If any of yeah. you were so inclined, look that up. I, I I gave a little to it myself. Just terrible story, but yeah, you can find it. Uh, I retweeted it on our um on our Twitter page, yeah. so you can find it at behind yeah. underscore gorilla. I re- I retweeted yeah. it there. But he's, yeah, RIP, great entertainer, guy who clearly understood pro wrestling and did it very, very well. So that's very sad. And a connection with our patron saint, David Arquette, because they Mm -hmm. had a match at uh, one of the early NWA pay-per-views before power started in a hair versus hair match. And uh, David Arquette won and got to shave. And this is when Josephus had like two, his like lower back long hair and beard. And then David Arquette got to shave all that off of him after that match. So there's also also David Arquette connection as well with um with him. But yeah, that was real sad to see. Um and yeah, just yeah, just such such a shame. Just so so entertaining. So much fun. So much fun to watch. And it was just it was old school wrestling to the max. And I love how mm-hmm. people constantly say old school when it took it seriously and it was a real sport. And it's like yes and no at the same yeah. time. It, it was a combination even back then when people were taking it real and this question mark character embodied that other part of the way wrestling was the kind mm-hmm. of more ridiculous part of it. And, uh, yeah, was just, just was like, so by the way, it's just, it's just Mr. America. It's the same, <laughs> like, you know, like it's the same gleeful nonsensical appeal that you love so much when he stands, you know, when he sings the, Mongrovian national <laughs> anthem and it's just him yeah. <laughs> like that's beautiful yeah it's the same it's the same kind of stuff man it's a real shame but look look up the question marks work if you're uh, if you're unfamiliar yeah if you guys haven't watched time. go to go to YouTube go to NWA power and watch watch the question marks work with Aaron Stevens it is just it's some of the best wrestling entertainment 
we've seen in years and it is uh it's just a shame that we won't be seeing it anymore so yeah definitely r.i.p to josephus aka the question mark but um yeah that does it for this episode of the show make sure and follow us on twitter at behind underscore gorilla and instagram at behind underscore gorilla um you can follow me on twitter at marky mark brand and i'm at harris wilson you can do that as well and um yeah stick around next episode will probably be us talking about the um aew revolution pay-per-view at some point after that airs and um yeah if you have any ideas for crazy topics tweet us because we're always looking for uh, insane topics to uh, to talk about that's for sure all right any final thoughts harris no that's pretty much it let me know if you can think of any other um masked wrestlers that bear a strong resemblance to other unmasked wrestlers i talked about this a little <laughs> bit mark when you were out of the room I know there was a guy named Juan Cena who wrestled oh, for a few yeah. matches while John Cena was out of town. I'm not familiar True. with too many others, so if you know of any of those, let me know. But well, there was the uh, there was the um, Conquistadors, okay, which um, they they bared a resemblance to um, you know a certain ed- Edge and Christian, mm. at least size wise. Okay. You couldn't really tell because they were head to toe covered in, in mm. gear, but just their size was similar. Um, yeah, but there's been a handful handful of that but yeah if you have any of those please let <laughs> us know all right that'll do it for this episode thanks for saying thanks so much for listening guys and we'll talk to you next time.